Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. Welcome back. Last time we were with you, we asked the question, is everyone forgiven? There's a small sect of people who, uh, well, they popped up several years ago. I remember when it happened, uh, we were receiving some correspondence from listeners. Uh, it hasn't been that long ago. They call themselves dispensational, but they go outside of the dispensational parameter, the dispensational boundaries, to try and convince us that even though Christ died on the cross and forgave the world of their sins, no one's forgiven until they believe that. In other words, you're not forgiven until you're saved. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It sounds wrong because it is wrong. They haven't learned to separate forgiveness and salvation. They have two different calendar dates. One happened about 20 centuries ago. The other happens at the moment you believe the gospel by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on your behalf. Placing your faith in him alone. That is salvation. Sins being forgiven includes the shedding of blood, not your belief, and it happened a couple thousand years ago. Bible teachers will tout 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4 and speak of the cross, but quickly put it in reverse and, and back away from what actually took place there. Everyone's every sin was put on Christ. He took the world's punishment, which allowed God to stop imputing sins unto anyone. Today, if you're not saved, it's not your sin's fault. Your sins no longer stand in the way of your salvation. Just believe the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he, God, hath made him, Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. And the rest of the verse explains why he chose to do it that way. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. See how that works? Being forgiven and being saved are not the same. God had an order. He had to first make him, Christ, to be sin for us. Then, don't miss the order, then we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Those teaching contrary to this are out of order. Being forgiven and being saved does not happen at the same time. Don't let anyone fool you. So yes, everyone's forgiven, but you can't go to heaven if you're broke. Look at it from a, uh, from a bank account perspective. Can you have your debt paid and still be broke? Absolutely. Just because your debt was paid doesn't mean you have anything in your account. Christ's sin payment for the world brought every person in this dispensation, brought their account balance to zero. They're no longer in the sin negative, but their account is still zero. And no one's going to be in heaven with a zero balance. No one. Can't go to heaven without the righteousness of Christ having been imputed into your account. Those who are teaching you must believe first before getting your sins forgiven are teaching limited atonement. 
but they fail to show any of us where the Bible says Christ died only for believers. When it comes to is everyone forgiven, they're kind of like the Calvinists, stuck back there on the other side of the cross, a ransom for many, having yet to progress to to graduate to the ransom for all. That's where we are today. To understand Scripture, you must first grasp the understanding of progressive revelation. One passage that confuses them is found in Acts 26.18. There is where Jesus told Paul to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. They think that to receive forgiveness of sins is what makes it so. No, to receive it makes you saved, just as it does in the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 4. Paul's not asking them to be forgiven. He's telling them what receiving forgiveness had done for them. Listen, let's say I I work at your bank and, and I find out that you have an outstanding debt that you owe us, and I decide to pay it off. So I go to your house, walk up to the front door, to tell you this good news. You peek through the blinds and recognize me from the bank, thinking I'm there to collect the debt. So you decide not to answer the door. Well now, just because you didn't answer the door to receive the good news doesn't change the fact. The debt was paid if you receive it, and the debt was paid if you don't receive it. Whether you open the door or not doesn't affect the truth. There's no debt owed, and just because you decided to not open the door and receive that good news doesn't change a thing. You no longer owe the bank, and you can spend the rest of your life avoiding me or anyone else from the bank, but your debt was paid in full whether you received that or not. When Paul does as Jesus told him to do and tells them that they need to receive the forgiveness of sins, he's just knocking at the door to tell them what's already happened. He's not saying, hey, it'll be true after you receive it, after you look through the blinds and open the door. No, he's saying it's true, so receive it. Receive the truth and be saved. If they pull the blinds back and never answer the door... They're forgiven, but don't know it. In the book of Job, he said uh, in, in chapter 23 that he esteemed God's word above eating food. How about you? Is God's word what's most important? Or what you read on Facebook? Or an article from a website? Today, let's just allow his word to supersede and, and to trump everything else. Without it, our spiritual man becomes anorexic. we got to stay nourished and built up in our faith, something that can't happen without a proper understanding of God's Word. There's some that will tell you things like, uh, sins are paid for but not forgiven. Or, or this one, they'll say, just because sins are not being imputed doesn't mean they're forgiven. <laughs> Hey, the world's sins were paid for. That means the sin debt was forgiven and is why God stopped imputing them. Not hard. It's simple, really. Sins paid, debt forgiven, 
God stopped imputing. Sins paid, debt forgiven, God stopped imputing. That's the order. Christ only paid for the sins of those who believe. That's the position of this new group out there. Sounds a lot like Calvinist. Just another form of limited atonement. Both claim that forgiveness is limited to the believer only. The difference is, the Calvinist will add that the believer was pre-selected and hand-picked by God, and that those are the only ones capable of having faith. An error that comes from a grammatical misunderstanding of Ephesians 2.8. The confused gracers, now they know how to handle Ephesians 2, but fumble the ball when dealing with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 resulting in not being able to fulfill the calling of a minister of reconciliation. Both groups put the power of forgiveness in the hands of mankind. It's a power transfer. Oh, the confusion. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose the third day. That is not an offer of forgiveness. It's a declaration, a decree, a proclamation of of, of something already accomplished. And it's why it's often referred to as the finished work of Christ. It's finished. Not finished after you decide to believe. Listen, when you hear someone say you can be forgiven, as if you're not already, you're listening to someone who's teaching limited atonement. Don't kid yourself. They may not admit it, but the proof's in their fruit, their words. Today, there's no way for God to forgive anyone. He's already done the work. Don't ask him to do it again. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Your believing it won't magically make it so. For sins to be forgiven, God would have to come back and mount the cross. Die all over. That's a done deal. We're not to be shouting, get your sins forgiven. We're to be shouting, get saved. Today is the day of salvation. Forgiveness won't go back into effect until the close of this dispensation. Just as the Apostle Peter said in Acts 3.19, there you can read about when the little flock will get their sins blotted out. It's time future. There'll be people in hell for their sins, but that's not our dispensational good news. That only applies to those unbelievers before this current dispensation and those who miss the rapture and are alive after this dispensation. People going to hell and being judged for their sins is not a but-now reconciliational truth. It falls outside Paul's dispensational parentheses. Any sins being forgiven after this dispensation will be the sins they commit after this dispensation. God won't re-impute sins that Christ already died and paid for. The sins that were imputed to Christ, they're gone, washed away by the blood never to be brought up again. See how that works. Not being judged for sins is good news for now, for this current administration. Before this dispensation, we read in Matthew where Jesus told Israel to be forgiven, they had to first forgive. They had to forgive others, then they could be forgiven. That was the order. After this dispensation, we also can read in 1 John 1, 9, how that at that time, there'll be those that'll need to confess their sins to get forgiveness. But now, right now, that's not what's going on. That's not what you should be concerned with. 
Currently, under this present administration, we neither forgive others to get it or confess them to get it. If they're not being imputed, what sins would we confess? I can understand how those who are still under the dark cloud of denominationalism, held captive by religion, would have trouble understanding this, but I'm amazed at those who claim to rightly divide the word of truth and claim to understand the uniqueness of Paul's apostleship, how they're having trouble with it. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5.19 won't be in effect during the next administration. Some are forgetting this. A change of a dispensation brings a change of an administration. And a change of an administration brings a change of how things operate. During the next administration, sins will be imputed. And it's those sins they'll be judged for. All these supposed gotcha verses... Israel's tribulation is something that will follow the body of Christ being filled up. Paul calls it the fullness of the Gentiles, Romans 11.25. When that happens, those in the church, the body of Christ, are out of here. This dispensation closes. Those still here will go into the trib, and if they want forgiveness, they'll first John 1.9 for it. They can proselyte into Israel. But those who don't, they'll be judged for their sins. So when we say that no one goes to hell for their sins, that's a dispensational truth. It means right now. Everyone you've known that rejected the gospel and they died, died unsaved, but they did not die unforgiven. They're not going to pay for sins Christ already paid for. Utter nonsense. And these who have yet to grasp this dispensational news like to call themselves right dividers, but they know very little of the ministry of reconciliation. It's only those who fail to get into the body of Christ during the grace dispensation that'll be judged for their sins. But not a one of them will be judged for their re-imputed sins. They don't go to hell with re-imputed sins. They go there for the new ones, the new ones they'll commit during the tribulation. See how clear this is? For those listening who are unsaved, hey, you need to take advantage of this good news right now, while you still can. Today is the day of salvation. The day of salvation, not the day to get your sins forgiven. Today, trust Christ alone for your salvation, and you won't be a candidate for the tribulation. The way, the, the one and only way for someone to be forgiven, has already taken place. It happened on a cross almost 20 centuries ago, and there are those who have been trying to detract from this fact ever since, through Calvinism, Arminianism, and sadly, now, even some grace-believing dispensationalism. The confused gracers. They say, all can be forgiven, but only after you believe it. It's up to you. The forgiveness of sins balls in your court. That's limited atonement. The wages of sin is what? Death, not belief. Christ tasted death for who? For those who believe? That's what some will tell you. No, for everyone. 1 Timothy 2.6, a ransom for all. If I paid your ransom, you're free from that debt. And your disbelief won't change a thing. A ransom was owed, a ransom was paid. If you don't believe it, so what? It's true if you believe it, it's true if you don't. 
Your belief changes nothing. A sin debt was owed, a sin debt was paid. Sins are not the issue, so move on with it. Spend your time getting others saved instead of arguing with those who already are. Stop wasting your time in silly Facebook groups. There's a real war going on out here, but some are only interested in friendly fire. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can lead a man to the evidence, but you can't make him think. Um, one of our friends uh, saw you on YouTube and told us about you. And, uh, and so we've been listening and we really enjoy it. We've tried to tell as many people. I've even put it on my Facebook. All your programs are so great. I'm on your website all the time. And I tell you, in the ministry that you have, it's wonderful. People can listen to it at their leisure. If they want to listen to five different programs, you know, one after the other, they can. We listen to one just about every day, you know, if not two sometimes. My husband and I have been listening to True Time Radio for quite a while now, and we really appreciate the program you're putting on the radio and on the, the Internet. True Time Radio is awesome. Hi, Trey. I'm from Clarion, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to let you know how much I have enjoyed your program. It has been a great study time for me. Thank you so much, and continue to keep standing for the truth. <laughs>